This episode is sponsored by visitfortwayne.com. Are you ready to take your family history research to the next level? Consider planning a trip to the Genealogy Center at Allen County Public Library. Located in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the Genealogy Center is the second largest center in the nation and one of the best places to research family histories due to its free, extensive collection, services, and database access. The Genealogy Center has more than one million physical items, and the trained genealogists all have unique specialties and are available to help everyone find success for free. Use the services and materials at the Genealogy Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana to take your family history research to the next level. Plan your trip and book an appointment at visitfortwayne.com genealogy. Welcome to Family Tree Magazine's Best Websites Podcast. This is the podcast devoted to finding the best websites to help you with your genealogy research. I'm Lisa Louise Cook. Genealogists were really early adopters of the internet when it first went public, and they really saw the potential for sharing information was absolutely tremendous. But before there was even Google, for genealogists, there was Cindy's List. Cindy'sList.com has consistently been one of the best websites for genealogy research, which of course makes it the perfect website to talk about here on this podcast. So I am very pleased to say that the founder of the website and its namesake, Cindy Ingle, is here with me now to talk more about it. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Thank you for having me. Your website is just so well known. You hear Cindy's list before Angie's list. I think Angie's list must have copied you, right? I mean, all I these so, sites. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, all the list sites came out about the same time, but I think I actually am older than all of them. I believe I am. Yeah. Well, and just such a mainstay for genealogists. And even if somebody hasn't used their site, they've probably heard about it. So let's go back to the beginning and make sure everybody's on board. Tell us if, if you got in an elevator with somebody. And you have until you get to the top floor to explain what this website is, what it does for them. What, how do you explain that? Um, it is a portal. It is a, a one-stop shopping for launching people out onto the internet. So it's, you know, in the, in the old terminology, I would call it a categorized and cross-referenced index of links to everything I can find online for genealogy. So like early on, I um, heard the internet described as a library with all its books strewn all over the floor. And so I'm trying to make the card catalog for the genealogy collection of that ginormous library. Um, so it's free and it's meant, it's categorized. It's meant to make it easy for people to find things that they can't find on their own. Quite often, now that we, I've been around, what, 26 years now, I'll get some people say, oh, I haven't used it in years. I just use Google. And after I slap them upside the head, I then say <laughs> to them, how, do, if, if you don't know that something exists in the first place, how do you know to Google for it? And that's usually what, it, what gets them. And they go, oh, oh, because in genealogy, there's a lot of, we learn, we're constantly learning every single day what it is that we need to go find or what may contain information about our ancestors. And we learn, we're, we're in the constant state of learning as we research. And so as we learn more, then we start going and digging into new records, new resources, all of that sort of thing. So I'm finding everything that I can to help you guys do your research and bring it up to the top of the search results and categorize it in a way that makes it easier for you to find. So I really 
promote the browsing of Cindy's list. That's the whole purpose. Don't use the search engine, browse the categories. I've had people through uh, the last 26 years say, you know, it never occurred to me, Cindy, to look for railroad records. And then I saw you had a category for railroad. So things like that. The fact that you can go in and get prompted with new ideas, get inspired with new new places to go, new things to follow up on. I imagine that really I know that the big difference between you and Google.com is that you yourself are a genealogist and we don't get anything like that uh, in any of the search engines. So when somebody comes to your website, they're not just getting those links, they're getting your expertise. And like you said, that ongoing knowledge of what would be interesting, what could prove helpful. And I think browsing is a fantastic description of it. Yeah. Google searches can bury things way deep on, and because there's so much deep within like library websites, archive websites, special collections, manuscript collections, really obscure things that may bring something up for one of your ancestors that is not going to come to the top in a, in a Google search ranking at all. So, And that really brings me to a, a, a question I think that is, is interesting is that how do you see that the internet has changed? It has, it has changed dramatically. What do you think that impact is on genealogists? And how has it impacted how you structure and run Cindy's List? Well, early on, when I was trying to find everything I could find for genealogy, a lot of what we had was just indexes, uh, transcriptions or indexes of databases. We didn't have a lot of data sets or actual records online. Um, and most websites, even then for libraries or archives, were just about the library, about like what they might contain, maybe some, a few finding aids, but um, it was, it was, it's, well, you know, and even then though, it still did then what it's doing now. We still do not have, 26 years later for me doing this, we still do not have everything that we need to, for our genealogical research online. Like not all the records are there. We've barely scratched the surface of what's available in the world to put on, to digitize and put online. They're coming online fast and furious, especially through family search and through uh, different grants and programs with libraries and archives. But we're still finding things that are, are not yet online. What I do believe was available then and now is everything that we need in order to find the records and the resources, whether they're online or offline. So all the material about where something is located, how to find something, what library might contain something, where to go, what their hours are, et cetera. Um, today, the, the finding aids for these things are a lot more robust. The descriptions of collections that are, at, you know, at an archive are a lot more robust. There are a lot more, there's a lot of finding aids like Archive Grid and, and some of those that really help you knuckmuck, that really help you dig into those and figure out where they are so you can go in person or have somebody else go, you know, hire somebody to go in person and get them. But so I think we've got more better descriptive materials, better finding aids um, to still get us to that stuff that's offline. So I, I think that's improved a lot. And of course, genealogical education is huge online and and the impact that the internet has made, particularly in these last three years or so with Zoom and so much going virtual, it's kind of exploded as far as how we reach people, how we educate them, how we help them become better researchers. So I think those things have improved quite a bit. So people need to be aware that you're not just linking to a website with records, you are linking to that knowledge base, uh, very wide and broad and uh, definitely something that everybody can benefit from. I'm interested, you, you look at all these websites, I know you're constantly combing through them and you're adding them to your website. 
Do you have any favorites? Have there been some where you found it and you said, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get this on my website. I don't think people know about this. Are there uh, websites that stand out in your mind like that? Individual websites, not necessarily. It's more um, like I've really seen a huge growth in what libraries are digitizing and putting online, libraries and archives. And I I talk about it a lot. Genealogists online want one-stop shopping. They want to know which website should they go to and never have to go anywhere else. <laughs> and I'm usually the party pooper that tells them you, there there is no one place that has everything that you need for your research. You're going to have to have multiple websites, multiple places. Um, it's just not everything's all neat and tidy and, and all in one spot. You know, you can't do everything at Family Search or everything at Ancestry or what have you. Um, it's a combination of things. But it, what I think it surprises most people when I tell them is how much is available freely available on library and archive websites worldwide. I mean, massive collections of things sitting there, you go in and it's like there's whole newspaper collections that have been digitized or manuscript or special collections digitized, diaries and letters. Um, the way that I've come up with new categories on cities list over the years is I kind of respond to what I find online. All of a sudden I start noticing there's a whole lot of school records online. I need a schools category and I need to add that to the different places because we're more, more and more of those. Um, there's a website called Florida Memory, which is, I think, through the state archives or maybe university archives. I can't remember who put it all together, but it's um, one of the collections that was there that just intrigued me was motor vehicle licensing registration from like 1910 or 1907 to 1910, something like that. Who owned cars and, you know, the licenses and such. And it gave names and addresses and all that. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder if I can find more of those kinds of records. And I started a whole category for motor vehicles. There's chauffeur licensing and records. There's motorcycles. There's all kinds of things, especially, you know, turn of the century when all of that first started uh, with, with cars and such. So that was, you know, inspiring. Um, pet licensing. I'm, I've added pets and, and uh, uh, livestock. Uh, there's brands, livestock brands for ranches and farmers that are being registered with the names of the farms and the addresses and all that sort of thing. A lot of really very unique collections that I don't think would see the light of day in the old days, you know, prior to the internet, but um, they're unique and they're being digitized and put online. And a lot of these things are just sitting out there for free. I don't think there's any one particular website. It's more like it's a, it's the uniqueness of some of the records that are showing up. I'm trying to remember, there was like somewhere in there, you'd have to look under my pets category, but it was like, 1878 Kansas, some county that had dog licenses. And it's not just saying that they owned a dog, but it, it puts your, for us, for genealogists, it puts our ancestors in a certain time and place and helps you pin down where they were. And it helps build that timeline of their life. I get the feeling in a way, what you're kind of alluding to is the fact that we are getting so many record sets available. Everybody's putting them out there. And we're almost at that luxury mm -hmm. stage where we can start to explore some of the more Mm -hmm. um, kind of niche areas of our ancestors' lives that before we were just struggling to get our hands on the basic record sets. Now we can yeah. really get into the richness of who they were, how they lived their life. Yeah, all of that, all of that. Um, but also when you've got certain places that didn't have vital records and, you know, so you're trying to figure out when, when was great, great grandma born. If you can pin down her family to being in a certain place or time, you've got an approximate birth date range for her. You've got maybe a place where she was born. So even if there's no birth records available for that time and place, it still gives you the approximate dates you might need or the location that you might need. 
So the indirect evidence that we're looking for. When somebody is in the middle of their research and they've got a specific question in mind and they think, I think I know what kind of record I need, but I just don't know where to start. What are some of your best practices, if you will, for when they approach CindysList.com? I see the categories button, the big purple button. I also see that you do Mm -hmm. have a a Google search box at the top of the screen. Do you recommend that they go to the categories first or is that search a good way to start? Um, I'd say always browse. Again, uh, it gives them a better idea then of what is available there if they're browsing. They can kind of go through. So the categories page itself is alphabetical, uh, starting with Acadian and adoption and, you know, going from there. The search engine is good only if you know what you're searching for. And so if you weren't aware of certain topics, you wouldn't know to go searching for them. The search engine is on the top right corner of every page. It's a Google search engine that's built into the site. Um, it's going to be okay using surnames in your searches. Um, it's going to end up taking you to, to pages on Cindy's list that have those surnames mentioned in the description, you know? Um, but I think overall, I would really recommend the browsing. So say you've got, um, research and on Lutherans, there's a Lutheran category and go see what kinds of things do I have there? And I try to cross-reference. I'm trying to outthink all of you who are using the site. So, if I put something, if I've got a, the, a diary of a Civil War soldier and he's from Iowa, I've got it under Iowa and under military. I've got it under Civil War diaries. I've got it in more than one place so that it's a little easier for you to find. But the search engine might come in handy if you've got a surname specific search. That's, that's about the only time I would use it. I've got it there because people wanted it. But the whole purpose of Cindy's List is that I'm finding things and categorizing them and trying to make it easy for you to locate that way. Good. And it's reassuring to know that you are putting a certain link under multiple categories. So whether we think to yes. start first with location, as I see, you know, New Zealand here or Netherlands, or we go the other direction and say, I want to go for record type, um, you're going to be, cro- you're cross-referencing is what I hear you saying. Yep. As much as I can. Now, if somebody finds a website or maybe they start a website and they're making records available or information available, uh, can they send that to you and have you include it in Cindy's list? Oh, certainly. I've got to submit a new link uh, uh, tab there. There's those purple tabs run on the left side of the page. And so submit a new link. Um, I'd like you to check to see if I already have it uh, because sometimes I do get stuff submitted that I already have. But if you um, if you don't think I've got it, go ahead and submit it and I'll add it wherever I can. There's also a tab just under that. There's two tabs for updating a link or reporting a broken link. Broken links are the bane of my existence and they are a fact of life on the internet. Anywhere you go, you'll find broken links on Google. You'll find broken links on websites all the time. Um, It's like trying to keep, you know, the, well, I'm dating myself here, but trying to keep the phone book up to date, right? That's just impossible. (laughs) That's a good analogy. Um, So they will happen. Yeah. They will happen, but I do my best to fix, uh, every day I fix broken links. And like, if you report one to me, you say, I found a broken link, Cindy, here it is. I'll go in and if I, if it's a website that I've got multiple links to, I fix multiple links all at one time. So just reporting one of them to me is beneficial because I can, I can fix more. And usually when I'm in a website and I'm fixing it, I go, oh, they got some new stuff. And then I get new links out of the deal too. So it's, it's really helpful for people to report them, to submit them, submit new links and report broken links both. You mentioned the, the links. I'm curious, do you know how many links you have and how much time do you invest each week in maintaining this? It's got to be a big job. It is. 
I work on the site. I do have other things I do, but on the site, I probably work um, eight, 10 hours every day uh, on the site, usually about six days a week. I think right now it's at around 318,000 links. For example, the mailing list at RootsWeb, when RootsWeb went down and then it came back up a year or so later after they had to fix some things, all the mailing lists went offline. And so I lost about 30,000 links overnight, which was not fun. And then converted them to the archives. You could still search the archives of the mailing lists in the old days. But um, So my numbers dropped a little bit then, but I think the last time I looked, I think it was around 318,000. And I estimate that I've probably, over the last 26 years, I think I've looked at over half a million websites myself. I'm tired, Lisa, is what I'm saying. I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But you're doing all this wonderful work on our behalf, so we don't have to. Well, even though we all see hints in the big genealogy databases and it feels like things are just getting automated and sent to us, your website continues to be out there saying there's more and there's things to explore and browse and and everybody can find that at cindyslist.com. And they can read, you were featured in the uh, July, August 2023 issue of Family Tree Magazine, Five Questions with Cindy Engel. I encourage everybody to go and read that. And Cindy, I thank you so much for answering our questions here. It's uh, wonderful to get a chance to visit with you and um, keep up the great work. We depend on you. Well, thank you, Lisa. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Family Tree Magazine's Best Websites Podcast. You can find the show notes with a link over to Cindy's list at familytreemagazine.com slash podcast. Also, while you're at the website, I would encourage you to sign up for our free email newsletter. It's the perfect way to stay in touch with everything we've got going on at Family Tree Magazine, including our other podcast, the Family Tree Magazine Podcast. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and you can find me at my website, genealogygems.com, where you'll find links to my podcast, the Genealogy Gems Podcast, and the YouTube channel. Until next time, have fun climbing your family tree.